Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Big 3-0, episode 30 of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. Thank you all for coming back each and every week to hear me talk with some of the greatest online video creators on the interwebs. Again, my name is Dusty Porter, the host of the show, and have been now for the last 30 episodes. Very proud of that. Very proud of the consistency and very proud of the people I've had on the show. I do want to remind you before we jump into this week's episode that we are brought to you today by TubeBuddy. The fine folks over there are trying to make your YouTube life easier. If you haven't already, you can try it out for free. Click the link in the show notes. Basically, it's a streamlined browser plugin that helps you create video content faster and more efficiently. So go check them out. T-U-B-E-B-U-D-D-Y.com. It's, you know, for free to start out and check them out. I guarantee you guys will not regret that. So this week is a little weird. I'm not going to uh, lie to you guys. It, I had the episode recorded and ready to release on its normal day, which would have been yesterday, Wednesday, uh, August 31st, but a lot happened. Uh, not to me personally, but in the YouTube space. So about... 7.30, 8 a.m., I began getting some stuff coming through my Twitter feed talking about YouTube changing monetization policies and things like that. That's a pretty big deal, especially in the space of people who are doing this full-time or semi-full-time. So I began to do a little research, and I have dug up what I think to be the most pertinent information on this topic. So before we jump into our interview today, which, by the way, is fantastic, I speak with a guy who actually uh, is the marketing director for Epidemic Sound, which is a company that provides tons and thousands and thousands of actual original audio tracks for, for creators to use for their videos. So he knows a lot about royalty-free music. He knows a lot about the Creative Commons licensing, what it means to create uh, you know audio content for video creators. So definitely stick around for that. But first, in uh, you know this opening segment here, I would be amiss to not actually speak upon the changes that YouTube is making. Now, I did find out right before going live on recording this opening that according to YouTube, these these rules and regulations have been in play or they've been within YouTube for over a year, since June of last year. Now, what they are saying is that they're actually going to start enforcing these rules a lot more than they have been. Uh, so if you go to the terms and conditions now when it comes to monetizing a video, we can go now and say that over on the official support page, it says advertiser-friendly content guidelines. Now, basically what this means is in order to run ads on top of your content, we want the content to be advertiser-friendly. A lot of this is them trying to be politically correct, I think, and then a lot of this is them trying to clean up their act. But unfortunately, a lot of good people are going to be hit, uh, you know, just in the sense of being underneath this umbrella. So listen to what they're saying. So the the content that is not advertiser-friendly includes, but it's not limited to, sexually suggestive content, including partial nudity and sexual humor, violence, inappropriate language, harassment, profanity, promotion of drugs and regulated substances, controversial or sensitive subjects and events. 
This one here is, I think, what's bothering people the most is the one that says controversial or sensitive subjects and events. A lot of times people are going to be reporting on actual news events. They're going to be controversial just per, just by the nature of them being an event happening right now in the world. They're, you know, some people are going to be on one side of the fence. Some people are going to be on another. So what does that mean? You know, there's a, there's a lot of like space there, a lot of gray area that they're leaving, you know, untapped. So what does that mean? So that that includes subjects. It says it includes subjects related to war, political conflicts, natural disasters, and tragedies, even if graphic imagery is not shown. So basically, if you're just talking about it, even if the image or video clips are not shown, you will be flagged and it will take your video down. Now, before I speak on my thoughts on this, what's going to happen for you if your video gets flagged and taken down? You no, well, First off, your video is not going to be taken down, so I just misspoke. What's going to happen is you're going to get an email from YouTube letting you know, hey, this video has been flagged as not advertiser-friendly. It doesn't meet our advertiser-friendly content guidelines. They'll then send you the list that I just read out to you, and then if you go over to that video in your video manager where it normally shows a little green circle uh, with a white money symbol in between it, that green circle there, the icon, will now be yellow. And if you hover over it, you will have two different options. You can either accept it or you can either file a complaint and let someone actually go in and review that video for you, so an actual human. So what's happening in flagging these videos are the computer systems and the software that YouTube uses on the back end. But what'll happen in the in after you appeal is an actual human will go in and determine whether or not your content is advertiser friendly or not. So I'm not going to spend a long time on my opinion of this because I believe a lot of this is going to fall on your personal beliefs and morals. Number one, I do believe that the internet, uh, for the most part, is a horrible place, unfortunately, is a cesspool uh, for people to go on. And if you have kids like I do, it's scary sometimes to go on the internet and just see the just profane language and, you know, the horrible things people are talking about and discussing openly online. Now, freedom of speech. Everybody, you know, can express their rights in this country, in this world. I am completely okay with that. That's perfect. And I guess as a father, I'm looking at this from a different point of view. Uh, you know, I don't care if those people do those things. I mean, I do care because I want the best for them, but I don't care if they do it. I just don't want my kids to be able to find it easily if that makes any sense. So a lot of this stuff I understand, but when it comes to revoking monetization from these types of channels, I don't think I agree. I believe they're censoring these people, and I don't truly agree with that. So I'm not going to really delve into that any further. I do believe in the coming weeks and months, we're going to see some tweaks and some changes. So a lot of these big YouTubers stop coming out and talking poorly about this new, you know, terms of service feature that apparently has been out for a year now. Uh, so I think th there will be certain people who get, uh, you know, removed from this and they'll uh, get their monetization privileges uh, given back to them. So definitely be looking out for that. I'm definitely going to be reporting on this in the coming months. And you may be asking, well, you know, I come here for the interviews. I come here for the conversation between you and the guest. And I, I appreciate that. I really do. But if something like this happens and there's big changes in the YouTube space, you need to count on me to cover it because that's kind of what I'm here for uh, is to talk about YouTube and the YouTube space, not just YouTube, but the online video space in general. This here is going to be huge. So on the back of this, talking about YouTube changing all of this stuff with advertiser-friendly content, Twitter actually came out yesterday and said that they're going to open up monetization for videos on all of their plat uh, platforms on Twitter 
for anybody. So now anybody can monetize their videos on Twitter and they're touting that the revenue share is 20 to 25% greater than what it is on YouTube. So YouTube has not had a very good 24 to 48 hours. They will recover. They will recoup the losses that they've lost now. Unfortunately, what happens is when you get to be a company or a platform as large as YouTube, you're not really how do I say this? You're not trying to improve as much as you normally would with a lot of competition because YouTube is such a juggernaut. It doesn't have that much competition. So hearing that from Twitter yesterday really made me happy. Not because I'm going to move to Twitter because I'm not, but because I want YouTube to have competition. So they're continuously trying to improve and step up their game and to really benefit and help creators out. The creators are what made YouTube. They're what's going to help YouTube continue to be the behemoth that it is. So that's enough on that and the advertiser-friendly content, all that good stuff. If you have any questions, you can always email me, dusty at youtubecreatorshub.com. Also, before we jump into the interview, don't forget to check out my other show. It's called Tube Buddy Express, uh, brought to you again by the guys over at Tube Buddy. But it's basically uh, every Friday, I release about an 8 to 10 minute podcast episode on that feed, uh, an actionable tip. Like last week, I talked about how to capture email addresses through YouTube. So just simple stuff like that that I talk through, explaining how you can improve certain aspects of your online video career. So guys, without any more rambling on from me, let's jump into the interview with Eddie from Epidemic Sound. All right, guys, and welcome back to the interview portion of this week's episode. I am so excited to be joined by Eddie. He's actually based out of Stockholm, Sweden. So getting this interview lined up was a bit of a challenge, but I'm so excited to have him on the show. He now runs Epidemic Sound, helping creators to unlock their creativity with full monetization and unlimited music downloads. He's not a YouTuber himself, per se, but he is in the business of helping them create better content. So I thought, you know what, what better of a way to help creators out than bringing someone who is in the behind the scenes of helping them, you know, provide royalty free music to creators. So, Eddie, how are you doing today? I'm very good, thank you. Thanks for having me, Dusty. Absolutely, I'm so excited to have you on the show. So maybe speak a little bit about Epidemic Sound and what you guys do for creators. Sure, sure, I'll be glad to. So um, the story about Epic, Epidemic Sound is really, um, I think I think the location and, and the fact that we're based out of Sweden tells the story. Um, I mean, we're a, we're a country and a place where you have loads of music going on. Uh, pretty much start out with ABBA. Uh, but nowadays we're more known for Spotify and SoundCloud, um, all Stockholm people um, funding the companies. So we have a great music culture here in, uh, in the northern parts of Europe uh, and loads of talent, loads of composers and musicians who just loves uh, creating music. So the story about Epidemic Sounds starts pretty much seven years ago um, when where we saw a need for simplifying music licensing really um we saw that there was a loads loads and loads of people wanting to create content especially video content and music licensing had always been the tough part um because you have so many people involved when it comes to to music you have the composers and the artists and their management and the labels and different societies representing these different players um and stakeholders so it's always been a tough part, especially in in um, before pre YouTube uh, back in the '90s and early 2000s. Music was always a tough part for all the people making TV content and that kind of stuff. 
Um, so we wanted to to create the solution, really. And with all the talents uh, that are based here out of Scandinavia, we created sort of our own music industry, really. So what we decided to do is that we decided to create a library of great tracks um, with the sole purpose of enhancing video. So our catalog is an, a library of tracks that now is uh, a bit more than 30,000 tracks at the moment and counting, um, are all created to help out people doing video. So started with the TV people, uh, so a lot of the, the big formats like Idol and that kind of stuff, um, all the background music in those shows um, here in Europe are, are with our music. But pretty early we wanted to help out the the emerging uh, video creators online, and especially YouTubers, of course. So a couple of years ago, we started working with these kind of small companies back then uh, who are today known as um, the MCNs or uh, uh, the networks who are not solely um, uh, based, out of, based on YouTube today, uh, but on different platforms as well. But they wanted to help creators, um, and we wanted that too. So we reached out to them, uh, told our story on how we want to enable creators to um, produce better content. So great music, but also a great rights situation where people don't have to be afraid to get claims or strikes or whatever you can get on YouTube. As a YouTuber, an aspiring YouTuber, We'll have to excuse my English somehow since I'm not native. Uh, <laughs> um, but if you're if you're uh, if you've done it for a while, uh, you know that music is such a crucial part of creating content, and it's it's also the most common common reason for claims and takedowns on YouTube. So, music is such a crucial part, not only for storytelling and laying out an engaging story for your for your audience, but also in terms of uh, being able to monetize your content. I completely agree with, with what you're saying as far as music being crucial, especially if you're a vlogger or if you're someone who's making home movies or, or whatever it may be on YouTube. So maybe before we even go further with your story with Epidemic Sound, can you explain maybe to the people out there listening to this a little bit about YouTube's policy with music and what exactly is royalty-free music? Sure, sure, I'd love to. So if we start out by uh, by looking at YouTube, the first thing that I'd like to uh, point out um, is that I don't know how familiar the audience is with Content ID, which is the rights system that YouTube has set in place since pretty much since the start. It's basically a, I usually describe it as an an exact replica of the YouTube that you can see through your browser on your mobile or on your desktop. Uh, but it's uh, it's sort of a, a replica, but not with videos that you can watch and look. It's, it's basically a big web of different rights and different um, owners of these rights. Uh, and this system helps um, intellectual property owners sort of keep track of of these different uh, music pieces or uh, or video pieces. So imagine a big a big um, a big company doing a lot of uh, uh, cinema, sort of cinema movies, they obviously keep track of all their videos and you can't really see a big blockbuster on YouTube. And that's, that's thanks to 
to the content ID system. Uh, and some creators uh, feel that sometimes that YouTube is really out to get you because of the system. But it's, it's, pretty, it's, it's really the other way around because this system is in place to protect you, uh, even though you're a small YouTuber. So it's a great system that they've been building for a long time. They're way ahead of, of other platforms uh, in terms of protecting you as a video creator. Uh, and that's also why we can sort of provide this service to uh, all YouTubers and creators out there. I'd also like to sort of talk a bit about royalty-free music. Uh, and in this instance, also maybe discuss another um, common source of music for YouTuber, which is the Creative Commons license, which is a great sort of global initiative. But what's the difference in royalty-free music and the Creative Commons. So maybe explain those two terms for us. Yeah, definitely. So Creative Commons is a, a concept um, which has come up to sort of protect independent creators of, um, um, of musicians or of uh, uh, graphic designers or anyone who comes up with sort of intellectual property and copyright. They come up and produce something that is protected. Um, and then you can apply different licensing that falls under the Creative Commons license. So some people think that um, uh, create, if, if a track or a music piece is under the Creative Commons license, uh, it means that you can use it freely. And that is not really always the case because there are different types. Uh, some Creative Commons licenses say that you're allowed to, to use the track freely uh, in your YouTube videos, but you're not allowed to monetize on it. Uh, so if you're out to making a career out on YouTube, it can be pretty tricky. Um, so Creative Commons, to, to sum up Creative Commons, it's a, it's a great uh, concept and it's a great framework to protect uh, different musicians uh, of their works. But as a YouTuber and as a creator, you should, you should read the fine print and see what you actually can do with this music piece. Where, where would you find if a music is under Creative Commons or, or kind of the, the, the rules of that specific audio track? Where would a creator go to find that? Basically where um, uh, it's because it's the, uh, the creator of the work, uh, the musician in this case, that sets the, the license. So if you create a, a song on your computer at home, you can say that I want to put this under Creative Commons uh, license. And then you decide whether or not people are allowed to use it um, and monetize the content where it's used. And some people say you're allowed to use it, uh, but then you have to link back to my website and write out my name and the track name. Uh, so it's really up to the person providing the music. And that's usually found on their website or on their SoundCloud um, channel or wherever they, they wish to publish the track itself. Okay. No, I just I just wanted to let the people know who are listening, you know, you you do need to check this because it's very important that if you're utilizing an audio track on your video, there are different types like you said of the Creative Commons. You know, sometimes you're allowed to monetize, sometimes you're not. Sometimes all you have to do is just say in the description of your video, you know, this track is from this artist and here's a link back to the song. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can kind of game the system. So, uh, again, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I just I wanted to kind of emphasize for the people out there listening that you know you do need to check these things to see what you know where that music falls you know can you monetize can you not and if you can do you need to you know cite the source of of the track exactly yeah that's exactly right 
So that brings us to, to royalty-free music, um, <clears throat> which doesn't mean uh, free royalty-free music. So that's, that's one uh, misconception. I'm not just talking about our service, uh, but there are other services out there that provide royalty-free music, but we, where you actually have to pay for the license. Uh, there's, there's a lot of legal stuff behind this, uh, so I'll try to explain it as, as simple as I can. <laughs> uh, but basically what you have is that you have different rights that are associated with a track. Um, so the most common license or the most common uh, right is called the, the sync or the mech rights, which are um, quite similar but still a difference. But what these libraries really do is that they, they have the... Um, so if you look at another library, um, they get they can sell the track uh, to, to a, say, a YouTuber, um, and then they split. Usually they split the revenue with the composer, and then you can use that track. Um, what we've done, and what we've done differently, really, is that, is that we have this... The, the, the old music industry is based on royalties. So if you have a track that is successful, uh, and played on radio or on YouTube, um, the composer and a few other people will get paid for that track based on how many plays it has. Um, that was a great system. Still is for some people, some composers and artists. If you're a if you're a big, a big, um, a big musician and a known musician, but as a creator, it's it's very very tough, um, and that's simply because. Today, content travels. So that's, the, that's the, the basic explanation why it's so hard today to collect all these royalties. So there are new platforms coming up all the time, new live streaming services, uh, new social networks, new, um, new, new stuff all the time. So what we decided to do was that we buy all the rights straight away from the composers. So that way... Um, Neither the composer nor us gets any revenue if the track gets popular. Um, so we, for the compo if we look at the composer side, in our case, in our library, um, we supply them with another option. And that's really what we do. So if you're writing a track that you want to sort of, if you want to write a hit, you should probably not um, go um, with our library because we do we want to do the best music for uh, videographers and YouTubers um, but if if you want a reliant uh, income and you want sort of n want to know how much money you can make out of your um, out of your track straight away then you should go with us so what we've done really is to build a music industry um, next to the old one which is based on royalties so that's really what differs, say, um, pop music or the sort of the the radio, uh, the music that you hear on radio or on um, <clears throat> Spotify or iTunes, um, is that our music is uh, free to use 
as long as you have the license. So as far as like getting the license, you know, there's a lot of different companies such as Epidemic Sound out there. Um, and the thing that I would say is that, you know, this is definitely the, the best route to go in that, you know, once you get the license and you download the song and you tell me if I'm right or wrong about this. And once you've get, you know, downloaded that song and you've purchased the license for that month or whatever, you know, that song is yours forever. Is that correct? Well, it's, I mean, it's, uh, in our case, um, I can't speak for, for other sort of suppliers out there. But in our case, how we work with YouTubers is that we supply uh, a subscription service, really. So you pay, um, yeah, 15 bucks a month, um, and then you can use as much music as you want. And as long as you have an active subscription with us, you're allowed to upload as many tracks as you want on YouTube and fully monetize. Um, we're, we're very proud. I think, I'm not sure, but I think that we might be the only music or bigger music company out there who's never dealt out the strike on the channel. Uh, because that's really why we, we founded this company, because we know we are, we are on, the, on the YouTubers and the, and the, the creator side here. Um, so we really want to sort of give them the best service as we can. So let's talk about strikes community strikes for music and if some if someone has a channel and they're out there and they get a content id strike for music what it, what are the actions that they need to take to dive into that and figure out is it a legit strike or if it's not how can i fight this and how can i you know approach youtube and get that strike taken off because if you don't know and you're out there listening if you get uh you know multiple strikes on your account you risk losing your account altogether which is obviously never a good thing so when it comes to music and to make sure that the channel is is content id safe and your videos are fine and you're not utilizing music that you shouldn't be what are the actions that the creator needs to take to to, to do a little research and investigation what I do know is that um, if it happens, um, you will see on your channel who's sort of dealt the strike. Uh, you can challenge it, but once if they say no, I I think you'll have to take it outside of YouTube. But I'm I'm not 100% sure, so I'd. I want to be a bit careful when I give advice on on how to handle Absolutely. strikes. Absolutely, <laughs> no, I understand. And just you know, as far as the strikes themselves, I've never received one for music, but there is an appeal process that you can go through. But you know, as we mentioned earlier on in this episode, you know, I would highly recommend you know checking out the music that you're utilizing. And even if you're a video game channel and you're utilizing music that's from a video game, you know, if that specific game is not fair use if you're not you know given approval by that company you will get a strike and your video and your channel could be coming down so definitely be very careful that's one of those things that i always warn people about if you're going to include music or videos or gaming content from other companies that you do not own personally you need to be extremely careful because it's extremely important for you and the future of your channel that you are very careful and you kind of walk on your tiptoes around that kind of stuff because that stuff can really jeopardize the future of your channel and your content altogether. So, Eddie, in closing, what are some other things that you can tell our audience about music and utilizing it as a creator on YouTube and how it can benefit them and help them grow their content? Yeah, I mean, there's 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 loads of stuff to say around music and audio in general on your channel. Um, I'll, I'll give a few tips on audio in general um, that I think can be useful when you're starting up. Um, the most common mistake 
when it comes to to music is actually um, to use too much music. Um, my general advice, really, which uh, may be a bit contradictory, but it's not to use too much music. Um, you should work just as you. I'm sure you remember from from school or um, uh, when you were younger that people told you to take breaks whenever you hold a speech. Uh, and it goes the same with content um, and videos. Um, try to use music, definitely use music, but don't overuse it. Um, the second most common mistake is to use too loud music. And I think we've all, all heard that in a few videos or two. Um, I mean, ask a friend. Send your video unlisted to someone you know. Um, have them have a look, have a listen. Um, people usually re- hear straight away if, if the sound levels are too high. Um, I mean, all the major uh, editing suites have pretty good um, sound editing options. So try to make sure they're not too, too loud. Um, I'd also like to give another advice on audio and if you do voiceovers or talk, uh, most most YouTubers do it uh, somehow. It could be a commentary on a on a gaming video or a or a vlog uh, or lifestyle vlog or a, even a sketch. Um, I think so. When it comes to the voiceover, my advice is to one: if you can afford it, buy a microphone. Um, they usually don't cost more than hundred bucks. Um, and then you get good ones. So that's one tip. The other one would be if you don't have one is to create a room where you actually um, shut out all unnecessary noise. So the one tip, one funny story from, from Sweden at least, is that the, um, the channel that, it has, uh, that had the most views inside of Sweden, uh, except for PewDiePie, of course, <laughs> uh, was a guy who did um, some parodies, and he recorded all these tracks in his bedroom lying under blanket, which can be a really good way to sort of create a good um, audio um, situation. The third tip when it comes to audio and voiceover is that most people actually have a great microphone. If you can't, if you can't afford these uh, microphones for 100 bucks, most people actually have a great microphone in their pockets with them all the time in their smartphone. So if you're doing video, you're recording yourself uh, somehow, try to use your your phone to record and then you can just match uh, the audio with with the video uh, in your editing suite. So that's also one sort of tip that I usually give on on audio and music. Eddie, there's been so much in this episode for people to take in. I really appreciate you coming on. I think it's interesting to have people like you come on the show and talk about specific elements of YouTube and creation, and music is definitely a big one. Um, And I'm just so glad. Uh, Again, Eddie is over at Epidemic Sound at EpidemicSound.com. Is there anything you want to say about your company or briefly in one or two sentences about kind of uh, where people can find you and go check out uh, what you guys got going on over at Epidemic Sound? Well, um, there's great sources of music out there. Maybe you have a friend who's a musician, help them out. Um, you can find uh, small, uh, small musicians online. Um, but if you want a, a big library of uh, more than 30,000 tracks, especially made for guys and girls just like you, um, give us a try. Um, 
We have this subscription model where you pay 15 bucks a month. We have a free trial month, uh, 30 days off for free. You can just cancel and don't pay a thing. Don't pay a dime. That's what you say, right? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just try it. Um, use music. It makes, it makes your productions come alive. Awesome. Well, Eddie, thank you so much again for coming on this week's show, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Thank you, Dusty. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show, as well as support us on Patreon for great perks, such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.